Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Ayers on the Road. And we're actually going to change the name a little bit today, Linda. It's going to be Ayers on the Sea. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, we have just had the most a wonderful adventure with five young men, ages two 12-year-olds, two 13-year-olds, and a 14-year-old. and um, Who just happen to be our grandsons. And the interesting thing is that every time we get a little cluster of grandchildren that get close to 12, or when the youngest one turns 12, we take them on a little trip together. And we thought we better get these kids. They're so rambunctious and lively. We thought, uh, where can we get them in a confined space where they can't get away from us? And we thought, how about on a cruise ship? <laughs> but oh, we man. should we should give a little background, though. Um, years ago, in fact, let's go way back, Linda, to where this idea came from. Um, I may have mentioned on this show at some other time that I... I worked during when I was a college student, I worked for George Romney, Mitt Romney's father, who was the governor of Michigan and who was running for president of the United States. That that goes back a ways. A lot of Quite people may not even know about that. But George Romney became something of a mentor to me. And I just admired him in so many ways. And I ended up working with him also at the uh, National Volunteer Center later in his life. And just to make a long story short, he's just a magnificent mentor and friend and guide and, and kind of a guru to me almost. And one of the things that he did, he and his wife, Lenore, which always fascinated me, and he told me about this one, one time in some detail, is that when they had grandkids who would turn 12, they would take them on a motorhome trip, just George and Lenore, and their grandkids, no parents, just the grandparents and the and the kids who had recently turned 12 or who were roughly that age, so it would be a group of two or three or four. And um, I actually talked to some of these grandkids about it later on, and they said, oh, boy, we always did. It was the same route. It was from Michigan down to Washington, D.C., and then out to Salt Lake City and then back to Michigan. And that's a pretty long motorhome trip. That was a trip. really long trip. Wow. <laughs> and, and this one grandchild told me, by the time we got home, we knew two things for sure. The Mormon church was true and the Republican Party was true. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you put those in the same sense, but he did. <laughs> he did. And uh, Lenore was so terrific. You know, she ran for Senate, too. Yeah, she, she was very active Senate in the political world. Michigan. And uh, it was so fun to talk to them. And they really talked us into it. We put that in our back pocket and said, when we get kids that age, we are going to do that. When we get when our, when we get grandkids, that was long before we had grandkids. But we thought, boy, we're going to file that one away in our minds because it's such a good idea. And it's grown on us ever since. Just Well, the, the general theory that the way grandparents really get to know their grandkids is, is when they have them. By themselves, yes. when, when the parents captive are there, captive audience, when they can really talk to them and having them in, in individual relationships with grandkids, of course, are the best. But when you have little clusters, I like your word you used, honey, of roughly the same age, 
take them on a trip. So we started off with our oldest little group of grandkids a few years ago, and we took them on a motorhome trip. And my sister happened <laughs> to have a really luxurious motorhome at that time. That was that's a few years ago now. She's now sold it. Yeah. Um, but uh, and somebody we broke went, a window while we were gone. It we was, went to Yellowstone. Uh, but we them. went to Yellowstone Park and Jackson Hole, and uh, and actually. The thing I remember there were most, just three of them, and they, and they had just all turned twelve. The thing I remember most about that trip was that we were just all cozied up in the back of that motorhome, right in the middle of Yellowstone Park, and we were reading a book with the kids in the back. And there was a knock on our window right by us, and I looked out, scared me, <laughs> and it was a park ranger. And so, what are you doing? Just here? waved at him, and then he came to the front. A door and we opened it and he said do you realize you're parked totally illegally we were you, parked right by old you, faithful or something you have to have a permit like six months in advance it's really hard to get a permit and the, the permit does not include the spot where you are i'm sorry you're gonna have to leave and it we, was we midnight thought we could park anywhere it was about midnight <laughs> uh, what were we thinking in hindsight it was just so dumb so anyway, we drove out. The roads were horrible, and it was a crazy adventure. But we got so close to those three kids. I mean, it was like being cooped up in that motorhome for several days and just talking, 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 learning. And well, and seeing a lot of good things. That, you know, they, they were so sad. This is how old this was. They were so sad that they were missing the midnight showing in the new Harry Potter movie. Oh, and we thought, oh, it would be so great if we could take them to that. And we drove through Apton, Wyoming. Which little is tiny my, town. My relatives are all from Star Valley. And so we drove through Afton and lo and behold, the midnight showing One of Harry theater. Potter was right there. On the main street of the oh town, my gosh. this little old theater. And there was one little grandson named Ashton who was so excited about it. Oh, he was over the moon because he loves, loves, loves Harry Potter. Well, they all did. They'd all read it. <laughs> and uh, so we went and within 45 minutes of the start of the movie, Ashton fell asleep. He was we, sound we kept trying to wake him up, but he, he was so dead. We almost had to carry him out the theater because he was so excited i guess he'd exhausted himself but anyway that sort of set the precedent and by you know so we were locked in then and and so all the younger grandkids got it in their head that boy when we turn 12 we get to go on a motorhome trip <laughs> and i have to tell you how it's how it's progressed and, and again we'll get to the principles behind this and and what we think we can all learn from from this idea as grandparents and also as parents, because you parents, there's a lot of parents listening who, Linda, who would love to have their children have a better personal relationship with their parents right? to make that connection. But the next little group came along and we didn't have your sister's big motorhome because she'd sold it. So we got this little motorhome that we rented <laughs> from Dingle, Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> and we took these next three kids who had just turned 12 on a kind of a, I guess that was a little retrogression because we went from Bear Lake to Lagoon. <laughs> a lagoon, for those of you that are not living in Utah, is a little amusement park. Oh, it's a big uh, Well, I mean, park, it's yeah. nothing like Disneyland, but it's, it's a, it, yeah, it is kind of a cool amusement park. And we parked in a special motorhome place. We stayed overnight on the way in Logan Canyon and made it as exciting as we possibly could. Yeah. And uh, it was 
so fun. We had three kids in that case, too. They all just turned uh, 12 together. They were within three months of each other. Yeah, they're a tight And so group. we called them the Goonies. Oh, we forgot oh, to yeah, say. Oh, yeah, yeah. They took their names from these, the group names. The oldest group was the Old Faithfuls. The and old that's faithfuls. a really good name for them because they are the oldest grandchildren. And, and they're then very faithful. The next one, and they are faithful. And then the next one uh, we called the Goonies just because how funny that was yeah they started they started their name was going to be the goonies because they went to lagoon on their motorhome trip you know yeah and then we'll <laughs> revisit that in just a minute by the way i should say that these groupings of grandkids and and some of you who, who you know may say well gee you need a lot of grandkids to put them in groups and and that is true but but there is something kind of magical about you know we're always trying to teach our, our grandkids and i'm sure a lot of you do too that cousins are tremendously important. I mean, a cousin is better than a friend. We always, we're always saying, you know, if you're a cousin, that's really a close, that's almost like being a sibling. It's so important. Yeah, you know, the, the more we, our kids have progressed, we've really worked hard to work on getting our cousins, these cousins together. And for us, it's particularly hard. For those of you who have them living on the same cul-de-sac or, you know, within a few miles of your house, and many of you do, you are so lucky. But we have had kids scattered all over the world. So, wow, gathering them together whenever we can has been first priority. Well, and especially in our summer reunions, these groups become very useful because that's the little sort of pods you can teach them certain things in and do activities in. And, and that's the cousins they're always going to be the closest to. A lot of us uh, adults remember, you know, uh, when we were little, that maybe we had a cousin who was our age. And, you know, I, I had a cousin named Kippy, and she was my age, and she told me a lot of things about how girls think. And I tried to tell her how boys think. We're little eight-year-olds or ten-year-olds or something. We're twelve-year-olds. Yeah, and I think that's the – and we decided 12 was the time to do this this vacation with them. So anyway, now it's called the motorhome trip, right? No matter what the mode of transportation is. Yeah, because the next group came along. We've done four of these groups now. The latest one was this cruise that we're going to get to more in the second half of the show and tell you about it. But uh, but this the third group, um, you know, we still called it a motorhome trip, but they were living all different places. There were three of them. And we decided we could fly them from where they live into Las Vegas for fairly, uh, in a fairly economical way. They 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 all had non-stops from there, and we could just a short flight. They were short yeah. flights, and so we met them all at the airport. They thought that was so great; these little twelve-year-olds getting to fly by themselves, unaccompanied minors, and their parents put them on the plane, and we met them at the airport in Las Vegas, and. We just spent a couple of nights there with them and went to shows and went to a lot. There's a lot to do with kids. Well, there's a lot to learn from Las Vegas with kids. You might be thinking, oh, you took your children to Las Vegas? Oh, no. But there's so much great family entertainment there. We took them to Mystere, which is a Cirque du Soleil uh, show, and absolutely had a wonderful time with them. We call this group The Babes because they're three girls. They're all girls. And as different personalities as you could ask for. And they had so much fun. They needed to bond. One's an athlete, one's a musician, and one's a little social butterfly. <laughs> That's right. And one is absolutely a genius. And, uh, you know, it really is 
So it was so interesting. Um, we ran into a lot of junk as well as the good stuff too. And you know, you just can't avoid that in, in Las Vegas. Um, we had to walk through the casinos now and then. And it really is a, a good learning experience. Yeah, yeah we, we talked a lot about what How was going on there. How are you going to live your life? What's going to be valuable to you? Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, not that those people are bad. It's just not our lifestyle. And so we really had a, an interesting time talking with them and just having the time of our lives. So then along comes this fourth group, and it, it's the biggest of all of our little grandchildren child groups and and by chance or by luck or by circumstance or whatever or by coincidence five of them all boys all born within a couple of years of each other and um it happens that right now four of the five are deacons in our church and you who are lds know exactly what that means you who are not that's what 12 to 14 year old boys have this office within our priesthood that's that's called a deacon and they they officiate in the sacrament of the lord's supper and other things and so actually they were all five deacons and then one turned 14 and advanced but we we called it the deacons cruise and and this was a long time in coming these little boys when are we going on our motorhome trip when do we get to go we want to go and they were, had all these different plans and the problem was that we didn't have a motorhome yeah. <laughs> or access to it anymore and so we just decided you know they're such rambunctious little souls. We need them in a place where we can eat with them three times a day and where there's not going to be, you know, they can't run off or have other commitments or whatever. And so they started, they actually, these, they're they, all very they, uh, adept online. And they, they started, started organizing looking, it. looking at cruises. Oh, wow. They had these cruises figured out that <laughs> they were wanted to go to the Mediterranean. Yeah, they thought that was just <laughs> great. And we ended up coming up with the cheapest, shortest amount of time because they couldn't miss school, you know, more than a day. And uh, we found a four-day, it's actually a three-day cruise. And I had one of them four days to get Google. There. I said, boys, Google, just put in Google, the cheapest cruise. <laughs> anyway, we're gonna we're gonna tell you, we're excited to tell you about this. Let's take this brief break, Linda, and we'll come right back and talk a little more about the Deacons Cruise and more generally about the relationship between grandparents and grandchildren. We'll be right back. And we're back. Um, we're having fun today talking about some a great adventure we had with five of our grandsons uh, who were 12, 13, and 14 on a cruise. And uh, even that may sound really exotic to you, but um, it was to not us, exotic. It was, to us, it was not <laughs> exotic. To them, it was heaven. They were so over the moon, over the top about doing this. They, they were just bubbling. They were so excited. And they've done their research. Grandfather, do you know they have a 24-hour pizza bar and a 24-hour burger bar? And most of their initial enthusiasm was, was about food. food. Yeah, and which continued to be good. <laughs> and then um, it was really such a delight to be with them. Though they're such all good boys, and, and we have a set of twins that were in the middle of that crew, and they decided to find a song because we hand out a little agenda of things we were going to talk about. And I don't think this is going to be long meetings. We just met them at breakfast 
and we listen to the song. Kind of a captive audience because the you're all the sitting together. Yeah. yeah. And um, then we um, said, just go have fun and we'll see you at dinner. And uh, we, well, at we lunch. ran we on to him at lunch sometimes, yeah. yeah. But um, it was just such a delight to see how excited they were, how good they were with each other. The oldest one's 14, very mature 14. And uh, so I think it was a little bit um, interesting for him to herd those other <laughs> four around. But he had well, such they had a delightful, so, deep soul. Yeah, oh, yeah, they had so much in common, these five. It's it's quite remarkable, really. None of them are real, really athletes, which is interesting, because other, other grandkids, that's all they think about. But they're all kind of have a scientific yeah. bent. They're all kind of mechanical. They're all they're really into tech. Musical. They're all kind of musical. Yeah. So and they, they want we call them the bros, by the way. The five. They, every every group has its name. Although maybe they'll change their name now to the cruisers or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't but know. they uh, but they want to form a bros band, and they're deciding which instrument they should play. And they were wondering if they could get the band on the on the ship to let them use their instruments and blah, blah, Well, blah. they were wondering how they could get this one grandson who is determined that he's not going to take piano any longer. <laughs> he wants to quit. He's so he's digging <laughs> in his heels. And they were like, Mickey, you can't quit. You can't. You have, you can't believe how fun this is going to be. You're going to be our keyboards guy in the bros band. Yeah, and the, the oldest one, you know, like, I just don't know any of my friends who quit that just, I mean, who kept on and said, I wish I wouldn't have kept on with piano. But I know a lot of my friends that quit and they're like, oh, I just wish I wouldn't have quit. You know, the keyboard is the key to all the other instruments. They had this you poor need, kid back oh my the gosh. corner. They were just all on him. You've got to keep taking piano lessons, Okay, and I thought, boy, if his mother was here, that she'd just hug these boys because they're they're convincing him of something that she's tried to convince him of for oh, years. Oh, she's trying so hard. I don't know how it'll play out, but um, it really was so fun to see them interact and and be excited about their song for the day. I mean, really, those twins are like super balls. They're well, go, bouncing off the walls all the time. Go anyway. back to that theme. That's so interesting. We, we had just done a little thing where we had a theme each day, so we'd have some guidance in what we would talk to them about. And, and uh, sure enough, these twins came up with a little song, well, with a pop song act, with a, you know, a song that, yeah. that sort of matched each of those. So we had a a theme song for each day and so on. We're making it sound more elaborate than it was. I mean, it was just fun. It was the whole idea so was fun. get them alone where we could focus on them without their parents being there and without any distractions. I mean, there are a lot of distractions, but to sit down with them two or three times a day and eat for an hour or so and, and order longer, <laughs> depending on how much they'd order. They wanted to order two entrees for. No, you wanted well, to order I, two I got excited. You were they... used to going with big old teenagers, <laughs> and so he got excited about that. But anyway, um, but you know, I just the just the little interactions, the funny things that they said were just so cute. The first night at dinner, I said to the boys, you know. Not, don't order sodas because they're so expensive. And actually, I have to say that we don't drink soda in our family. I don't know how that happened. I mean, we did, never did as kids. We just kept getting water, I guess, because oh, we were man, so you want to teach your grandkids we were so not cheap. to drink sodas. Well, we were poor, actually, so we never ordered sodas. And somehow that's done pretty well. Some of our in-laws bring their own Diet Coke and, you know, things like that. And sometimes um, they, you know, we have people that really enjoy as soda. But... 
honestly, I was sitting by this darling grandson the first night, and they had an exotic uh, option that you could try, and it was alligator fritters. And it just happened to be that he was reading the menu when I said, guys, just don't order sodas. And they were like, oh, fine. And then this grandchild looked at me and said, well, who cares about photo about sodas when you can have alligator fritters? And, you know, they were so darling all the way through. They were they were adventuresome. They tried escargot and they tried alligator fritters and they tried baked alaska oh, they and, thought they were so adventuresome right and one one boy one night just leaned over to me and, and one of the twins and he said reading the menu reading the menu and he said dish are shrimp cocktails alcoholic <laughs> <laughs> no honey they aren't but it was such a delight. so what we're saying we were endlessly entertained by these boys i mean and think about it at 12 what you, some might say why do you do this when they're 12 think of what a 12 year old is 12 or 13 they're not they're not cynical yet they're not into the sort of teenage um, mentality, which becomes a little harder to get through to sometimes. They're, they're, but they're marvelously conceptual. They understand yeah, things they well. And, and they're just, they still think you know something. They think, wow, my grandparents know a lot. You know, that, that won't be the case. No, in that won't last years. very long. <laughs> but, um, but just to admire their own personalities this oldest grandson lives in hawaii and that was a little bit of a deal to get yeah, him we here. had to fly him over um, and then he that had to be the, on his own really for a while he had to make a changeover on us uh, by himself and then get there but you know my mother was a fabulous musician and i kept thinking out of these 29 grandchildren there's got to be one that has this natural musical ability she could play anything by ear and just was so musically intuitive and um, he's and the some, one. He's the one. Some of them, you know, have tried. And some ones. of them are great, and some of them are really good on their own. But man, this kid, any instrument he picks up, he just knows how to play it. In fact, Richard, one time we went to a a concert of a, with a saxophone player who was ninety seven years old, and he was so fabulous. So Richard, of course, went right home and ordered a saxophone. I thought, I'd, I thought I'd pick it up, you know, learn, <laughs> learn to play the sax. And so um, it was pretty funny because he could hardly get the sound out of it. And they happened to be with us one Christmas and it, this family, and he pulled out the sax and he says, hey, anybody interested in the saxophone? And this kid's eyes just lit up like, I am, I am. Honestly, that has gone so far. It is amazing. He's a really amazing saxophone player, but he also likes to play the trombone. He's also a drummer. He asked only thing he wanted for Christmas was a pedal for his drum because the one he had, he had duct taped together. And, you know, any instrument he picks up, he just knows how to so, do it. So on this cruise, he's telling the other boys about instruments and music, and one of the others is telling them about Elon Musk has launched the Tesla into space. I mean, just to listen to their conversation and the things they're interested in. And the best part of it, Linda, and I, I don't mean to, to get too deep or too spiritual here, but we had some talks that just came up spontaneously that were so wonderful about what matters in life and what really counts and how do we treat women and how should we think about things that are serious and important and so on. And it was just remarkable to hear it, to sort of see the, the wheels turning in these boys' minds as they begin to 
form their own paradigms and their own views of life and so on. And um, on Sunday, we even had a little meeting with them where they each had a chance to express their feelings about their family and about their faith, their faith and so on. And it was just so beautiful. Some of the things they said were so wonderful and so innocent and so special and I, I mean, I, I thought we knew them before. We love them, of course. We all love our grandkids. But honestly, Linda, when we got home from that three days, it was only three days, I, we just went, got on a, a little cruise ship in Long Beach and went down to Ensenada. So it was really short. But when we got home, I would say I I felt like I knew them all twice as well as we had before. Oh, we started, at least. You know? Probably more. <clears throat> and appreciated them twice as much. Yeah, and and appreciated how how well they worked together, and um, and they were really so good. The the night we had a formal dinner, you know, on on every cruise you have one night, even if it's a three day cruise, one night you dress up a little bit, and we didn't know what night that was, and you know how much kids love dressing up. Yeah, they loved that, but we did talk them into have bringing a white well, shirt. What and I have tie. to say is, yeah, they had brought a white shirt and tie, and so we're on our way to dinner, and they started seeing people all dressed up in sequins and all these lovely clothes, and they looked at us and said, uh, "I think this is a night. We're going back." So they turned right around and went back and got on there. Each of them had a white shirt and a tie, and they were so cute at dinner. So many people came over and commented on how, how well one guy came over and said you know in my church we have something called deacons and these these boys of yours they would be pretty good deacons they look just look like deacons <laughs> and one of them said well we are deacons <laughs> and so <clears throat> that was fun right. yeah so it was so I guess what are we what are we saying what's the theme of today's show and well basically uh, and it's back to a theme we've had several times on Irs on the Road. And I, I, I know we're preaching to the choir. Most of you who listen would subscribe to this idea. And it's simply that families are bigger than two generations. Uh, America is kind of unique in that when we say family, we mean a nuclear family of parents and kids living in a home together. Most of the world. When you say family, you're you're meaning three generations, four generations, often who live together in the same home. And, right. and, and grandparents and grandkids are highly integrated. The grandparents are usually in, in especially places in Asia and much of the third world. The grandparents really are the ones who figure out the policies for the family. And we're not suggesting that, but we're just saying what a powerful thing it is if grandparents really get to know grandkids and there's the old joke that the reason grandparents and grandkids like each other so much is they have a common enemy. That's not what we're saying. We're just saying that the parents, uh, and if you're listening to this and you're a grandparent, you know exactly what we're talking about. If you're listening to this show and you're a parent, you ought to be doing all you can to facilitate times when your your kids and your parents really get intimately acquainted and many times that happens naturally because you know parents uh, you should get on you should go away on trips and, and you know the, the grandparents can often be the ones that take care of the kids while you're gone 
But whatever the situation is, facilitating the grandparents and the grandkids getting together, learning from each other, it's a powerful thing. Well, you know, there's three kinds of ways you can be with grandchildren. You can be with them when their parents are there, and there's a different dynamic. And you can be with them when their parents are gone, and you have to get them to school and do their homework right, and so on. Right, right. And then there's something like this where you can really be free to have time with them without the interference of their parents. Yeah, they're away from In their fact, normal. In the, fact, after the first day, I said, what's your favorite part so far? And we thought for sure they'd say food. And one of them said, oh, my gosh, just being without my parents telling me what to do. <laughs> and <laughs> They were honest, in other words. <laughs> yeah, it really be. is. It really is such a special time, though. So we're out of time, Linda, but it's flown because that was a great time we had. And Ayers on the Sea... We, we want to keep doing it. We advocate it if that's a possibility at all. And if not, there's so many other ways to do it. We're, next week, we'll get right back down to some techniques and methods of parenting. So join us a week from today on Ayers on the Road. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.